Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. amount of difficulty doing a thing we've done 376 times before um which I, I sort of imagine is uh what pat sajak feels like uh every time someone like a contestant on wheel of fortune uh totally biffs a a, a very obvious answer uh like when uh with uh several letters already filled a contestant decided to uh guess did not get the correct phrase which was bitcoin is the future um and instead said on network television uh bitches in, in the future <laughs> uh yeah, that, I mean, those are those are legion. Some of the the biggest uh, hell yeah they are. Things. Yeah, um, but I, I don't know about you all. I have this. I, I do associate. It, we're talking about this part because Pat Sajak is is going to retire here mm-hmm. soon. Um, if nothing else, a noted Washington Capitals fan. Um, uh, I don't know what that will mean for for the real star of the show vanna white and the board um but it's an interesting time because i thought of wheel of fortune hadn't thought about it for a while um and it honestly reminds me of going to my grandparents in the summers and my brother and i would that would be the thing that they would play on tv and we would be like eating ice cream because we're in the central time zone so it was a little bit later um and on this little tv there would be that on and sometimes jeopardy but they got way more excited for wheel of fortune but as there's this transition with wheel of fortune and there has been with jeopardy there has been with Price is right and family feud all in the last i don't know five to ten years um it's kind of interesting that these bastions of game show television continue on and continue to be appealing and i think it's worth talking about because i don't watch them religiously in any way but i know a lot of people who are really into them from you know octogenarians to folks that are our age and i think it's pretty fascinating that that is so strong and i kind of wonder what these entities get so right and you don't that's a big question you don't have to answer Ooh, that but like yeah. you know i i know kevin you have a particularly strong relationship with jeopardy yeah well i have a, a similar uh i guess exposure to them when i was younger my i lived very close to my grandparents and then for a few years i also like lived with my grandparents so they were you know 7 p.m every day you know 
they were you know dinner was done at five thirty, and then you know by the time seven o'clock comes you know it's time to put on wheel of fortune and jeopardy and i also remember one of my one of the most strange experiences of my life is when i lived somewhere the first time i lived somewhere that wasn't virginia and i turned the tv on at seven and they played jeopardy first and they played wheel of fortune second um but anyway riots in the streets yeah so i don't know jeopardy has always been uh, really interesting to me even when they watched it but just even now i don't really they were they they had game show network on like all the time as well so they watched like everything but the one the only one that's really stuck for me is jeopardy and i kind of think that other game shows are not great well that's fascinating because max and i had an experience in the spring of 2013 uh where we went on a spring break trip that's right it was 10 years ago uh that we we drove down to Boca Raton and in between uh speaking of a contention that loves Jeopardy Boca Raton folks <laughs> in between incidents like having to push my dead car from the left oh. lane of a three lane highway oh, it felt uh, like, to in the Florida, right it felt like a seven lane highway I know it sure did um uh With we no watched lights. quite a bit of Game Show Network and my canonical memory is that the game show network just plays family feud 24 hours a day through all of the various hosting eras um and and that so the the idea of the host is is the thing that i think i find particularly interesting with these long-running game shows is that like you build your as a, a viewer, you don't really build your relationship with the contestants so much. Jeopardy is maybe an outlier on this because of the returning competitor setup. But you, by and large, you're building your relationship with the host. And so mm. that can make things really sort of uncertain and a little scary as a proposition when a host decides to retire or in the case of Alex Trebek dies. Um, now, uh, Price is Right seemed to move from Bob Barker to Drew Carey relatively seamlessly. And there's no one who is sort of more of like a, a well-respected pro in the entertainment business than Ryan Seacrest. So like, I don't really think wheel of fortune is going to suffer too much. Um, but did Jeopardy you just do some Wayne Brady erasure. I think you did some Wayne Brady erasure. Wasn't oh, is, is Wayne Brady or... now? Does he host prices right now? I don't, I know he did at some point. I don't Wayne know. Brady hosted... He spoiled one of my two trivia questions. So <laughs> well, Wayne Brady, did he actually? I thought he just hosted the remake of Let's Make a Deal. Um, I don't think he ever hosted Wheel of Fortune. He was one of the potential finalists. No, Price is Right is Price what is right. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah well, yeah, he hosted Prices. Really? Oh, I don't, I don't no, remember I, that. I think so, but now I'm, I'm putting a false memory. I wonder if there. he maybe was like a, a sort of well, guest fill-in, not unlike how when like jimmy kimmel goes on vacation in the summer there are like no i think guest hosts for his show let's make a deal and don't forget the lyrics yeah okay 
He did a special appearance, Wheel of Fortune, uh, holiday episode in 2003. Um, but but yeah, content. anyway. Anyway, so this is, that's all, all just a, a way of saying Jeopardy feels like a really fascinating, you know, like it does sort of stand alone in this world in that, you know, you can latch on to contestants in a way that you don't really with other shows but also it's just it's such a totally different thing entirely because like i I think of the the difference between jeopardy and wheel of fortune being like one is a working man's working man's game show that any anyone you know any jamoke can play because you're just spinning a wheel and guessing letters and i i could easily imagine like you know almost like a sort of uh modern day right wing anti intellectual backlash to Jeopardy being like those those fancy elites think it's you know it's cool to know all these things. Yeah. Well it's funny because the, the just James Holsauer famously was like people think that I'm just like some like highbrow guy. He's like I watch sports all day and just kinda like mess around. So um but yeah I think that a lot of these other game shows they have all these like you know noises and lights and fan of white and everything so the the again it's the contestants right on like have a relationship with them you can still have like these fun moments with them because they are not trying to be like very highbrow and serious the whole time like everyone's just there to like have fun and maybe make some maybe make some money whereas like with jeopardy you kind of unless you're having someone like on a historical run you kind of need like the host to connect with the audience somehow and like i wouldn't if someone asked me to explain Alex Trebek, like, I don't know how I would do it in a way that makes it sound like he was awesome, but he just was. So that, that is one thing that I, and, and I'm, I'm taking as, and and if there are others in this, this kind of pantheon, let me know. But the, the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of this is family feud, jeopardy prices, right? Wheel of fortune for me. These are, these are network television shows that have been on forever and like the hosts who are so important, you're absolutely right. But also so is the format. I mean, Wheel of Fortune is guess a letter, ultimately guess a word, but it is guess a letter. Price is Right is guess the cost. Jeopardy is guess the answer. And Family Feud is more or less guess the relationship or guess what your neighbor is thinking in, in some ways. Because, you know, what? how do you all engage with this? Those are so th- simple. And it reminds me of like, getting a marriage license uh getting a a something <laughs> like a passport or uh or an id like a, a driver's license something like that and and you laugh but it's like these are things that like at base people kind of do all the time and it has to be accessible to everyone whereas some game shows where it's like the ones that come on in the summer are like you know the cube with Dwayne Wade. The cube and everything else. They <laughs> what are about not Steph as Curry's mini golf show. They're not as relatable as when you go and you say to someone, you'd be like, "Hey, how much do you think that bread costs?" And you go, "250." And you, I think it's 375. And then you go and check. Like this is but, a thing people do all the time, and I think that is relatable. So the format is reassuring, but you have to have someone who can convey it in something more than just what you and the Jamoke down the street argue about. But yeah, Max. Well, I was just going to say along the lines of the format, like I've watched a lot of GSN game show network and to Sean's point, like they don't show 
reruns of Jeopardy, they show from my from what I've seen, they show uh, Family Feud and America Says, which is essentially just a worse version of Family Feud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds uh, like it. Hosted by um, wow, I'm blanking on his name, John Hig- uh, Higgins. Um, oh, John name? Michael Higgins. John Michael Higgins. And uh, instead, right. And so the, the same shows, which is um, which is essentially instead of getting the correct answer, you're guessing the most popular answer. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that people like to, I think, play along with game shows. Some of them, yeah. at least, that you can. Jeopardy is, I, it's hard to play along to because it is a hard show. Not only are the questions hard, but they're asked quickly, so it is difficult. But and and I and I find the same thing with bar trivia which is that there's a lot of bars that do trivia and you answer a question correctly. There are also bars that do trivia similar to Family Feud, where you're guessing the most mm-hmm. popular answer. And I found that when you do this type of trivia, it's sometimes a little less fun for me being competitive, wanting to answer questions, but it involves everyone on the team because everybody can participate in that. Maybe you yeah. don't know the most pop, like literally the album that sold the most but you could guess the most popular one that people in an Atlanta mall thought. Like, I, I feel like it, it is more inviting in a way that, that is kind of neat for that format. Whereas Jeopardy can be, you know, given the speed and, and just like the fact that they are factual questions, you have to either, you have to know the answers. It's just, it's harder well, to play. Well, and you gotta, I, you gotta try to figure out which Atlanta mall. Mm-hmm. Very different uh, vibes. Fair. Yeah. yeah I, I think, I, I guess I kind of disagree with that. I think that Jeopardy is the most playable in that like there's no randomness in it that is introduced to or like there's no conditional thing like like if you're if you're at wheel of fortune you'd be like okay well first i would guess this letter and then like you kind of are going as the contestants going I, maybe i but, should have uh, specified that it's the hardest to to do well playing along. sure well but it, i think it's jeopardy the also most, it's they, the most straightforward i think if you like if you know how the game works you you can probably pretty much you can probably answer many of like the 200 questions if you know how to pick apart the clues. And so I feel like it, it's like, that's why people who, that's why it's so popular is that like you can watch it and you just get a little hit every once in a while. Like I knew that one, I knew that one. Like look, look, how, look how smart that guy is. And I knew a couple of those questions. So I don't know, I, I, I disagree. I think people love watching Jeopardy because it does a great job of giving you those hits I know those questions. Where This is one of those times where we need to remember that we are four white guys with degrees and possibly more than one degree from elite american colleges i i agree with you when watching the the child in university you're welcome maryland (laughs) but the adult one and the celebrity one the celebrity one's pretty easy but regular Uh, jeopardy i i i find extremely difficult for me it's mostly the speed if i had 30 seconds i could probably get most of them but the speed with which they answer those like no chance so i i think that even even if we say that jeopardy is is more difficult to play along all of these but you it, can it is pl- fun to play along with yeah all of along. these are you can play along with and it's very rewarding if if you assume that jeopardy is hard it is very rewarding to get it right it, that's it, true. in that and that's where the Feels playing great. along is is fun is same thing with even family feud it's really fun and so i think that that is a critical thing with all of those and i think that helps with the staying power whether you're uh, you know 85 or 15 you turn it on and you can you can play along and you kind of understand the the general consciousness one thing that i think too is um 
you know, we kind of we kind of mentioned. I think the summer game shows, like that's a thing every summer. There's a reason that they do those. It's to fill time and whatever else. But a couple of shows that that there was a period where they were really popular, and I I I don't even know because I don't watch much football when when these are advertised. But you do have the fall game shows where they have stuff like. Um, uh, Who Wants a Million Millionaire was like the most popular TV show for for a while, and there was also the Weakest Link show. and And there were there was an era, I think, in the earlier two thousands where these came, but now they're gone, and these others are left. and I'm not really sure why those didn't have the staying power, other than uh, these other games are fun and they are not as serious in the uh the way that you add like the host is not trying to say your whole life will depend on this answer type of thing it's like yeah this is fun and silly but all of a sudden they get serious and i think that changes who watches and maybe not who watches but like why we watch well i was i was thinking that and like another one was um the deal or no deal and like there were these shows that were all about the suspense of what was going on and they all kind of got really big but they're also really not like you can't play along you can play along to who wants to be a millionaire but you're also sitting there for like an hour and you will see like four questions <laughs> yeah and so i think that it was it was kind of like novel like oh like look how suspenseful this is and then you see someone win and you're like okay like it finally happened someone won and then you're like trying to watch another episode it's like eh. That's like the. It reminds me of that show where the. I. It's just the game where you drop a ball on the top and you see which one it lands in. Yeah. They made that into a game show. Yeah, and I. I actually watched one episode and exactly like you said, I'm like, oh, like wow, they built a big set for this. Like, don't know why I would ever watch a second episode they, of that. They took Plinko from The yeah. Price Is Right and spun and it, it its into its own, own show. Yeah, like fairly recently. Let me. But that that's you know the to, to use a term that we all dislike, but the IP of that is not strong. Yeah, it is no wall. Jeopardy. No, or it's very bad. It's still on. Uh, it would have been much better by someone that I would know. But yeah, I I think what's what's interesting too is that when you have really? the, the games too, like Who Wants a Billy Millionaire, all the like how tense it is and setting up that tension and everything else. That does take away the fun because all the the other things we've highlighted, it's like you're it's a competition. Like you don't have to make it tense because you're competing against another team or with other people. And I think that that's that is you know very rewarding. And that that there is an edge, but it takes the edge of say Regis Philbin, you know, very slowly reading things away from it. You don't you don't need that type of thing, um, and you don't have to like Alex Trebek was not some celebrity before he started hosting the show. Neither was Pat Sajak, Steve Hart, Steve Harvey has always been Steve Harvey, but that's, that's a little bit different. <laughs> Drew Carey didn't start uh, hosting the prices rate till 2007. And I think that it had been like 10 years since anyone really cared who he was. So who's lying it anyway? Oh, that's, that's right. But like, Great show, but how many people really watched that? That are then like, let me go watch the prices right. I don't know about the Venn diagram there, but I, I think that's that's interesting. Is these shows are carried by these hosts, um, and you know it's these competitions and they're they're fun. And the hosts themselves aren't usually celebrities, whereas 
all these other things, you know, Dwayne Wade in the summer or Steph Curry doing the putt-putt show. It's like, oh, let's get a celebrity here. That'll do it. And I don't think that's oh, what it is. I See, I this is where we part company a little bit because I, I think the fact the fact that Alex Trebek and Pat Sajak were not celebrities when they started hosting the shows they became iconic celebrities for hosting doesn't mean that they weren't iconic celebrities and so what this this whatever this Dwayne Wade show is it is a network executive who is desperate to get someone to turn the dial to CBS at any point during the day it's just like well what is the shortcut what is the one shortcut I can take is having someone whose name we already know at the start of this because you don't get runway anymore. If this shit doesn't work right now, it gets canceled. I get fired. I probably never get another job again in TV. So like there, there are, there are definitely real behind the scenes stakes for the people that are making these shows. Um, But we keep, talking about competition and and I feel like we have ignored a whole other set of shows. We haven't talked about American Ninja Warriors one time yet. We haven't talked about The Voice or America's Got Talent. And maybe those two in particular are more of like reality competition shows or maybe they're maybe they don't qualify as game shows but like they're definitely presented like they're game shows well so i think that um so you you mentioned american ninja warrior and then what was that what other one you mentioned uh i said america's got talent and the voice so any talent yeah insert here american idol yeah there's the talent show you could also say, oh, what about the the Amazing Race or, um, honestly, The Bachelor or Survivor, Bachelorette. Totally. I there there is something I think that where it stops being, we do have Jeopardy where you can have previous winners, but like when there is a narrative built week to week on who the competitors are. There's not that much of a narrative on Jeopardy. Like people do research and write articles now, but I don't know what they did 20 years ago. You can't play along. No, to you're you're totally either. right. Yeah. And there's like yeah, you can't play along. That is then it's just sports. Like basically, then it is just sports. Well, there's like a contained and there's a contained season unit to something like The Bachelor, where that makes it different. Like I, I, that's I, that's a good point that I wasn't really thinking about. No, but yeah. it's it's fair. I think they. All those things they learned a lot from these game shows and why they're successful is like the format is consistent and you have hosts that are super powerful and move things along, Uh, you know. But but it does become, you know, reality can be narrative. Uh, Well, I I think that uh, something that Jeopardy has actually been been doing is they've had a lot more tournaments lately with like returning contestants because i think they're finding that people like jeopardy's had a lot of people that have gone on historic runs in the past two years just because there's been a lot more like game theory and i don't know more trivia buffs getting exposed to it and um i don't know i guess they're just they're kind of going away from this and trying to like have these contestants that 
people like and they have like this rapport with each other and they like make jokes this whole time instead of it just being like completely dry and so i you know someone at someone at uh abc is thinking that you know they kind of need to change in that direction a bit too and make it more of a sport rather than just this game show yeah no I, i'm i'm really yeah now i'm <laughs> now i'm really thinking about like is is a uh, bachelor bachelorette survivor you know, are those really just, it's just a season of, of any sport because there are teams, there are narratives you root for and people to come back and things like that. Like it's, you don't, you don't have, you don't usually have the season to season, but it's, it is almost more like there's a difference between a sport and a game. And I don't, I don't know where that all of a sudden changes, but I, I think that it's, it's somewhat there. Uh, it's a season of a sport in the same way that like a year of the WWE calendar is a sport. It's not like, it's not actually quite so spur of the moment. And it's Mm -hmm. like, there's a narrative that's being crafted behind the scenes in a way that is not happening in a football game. Like you truly, you don't actually know what is going to happen no one in the football game knows what is going to happen when the game starts and the the producers of the game broadcast are not like putting their thumb on the scale to change the outcome yeah as yeah. you might in those game shows or not well the reality television programs that are gamified well with a lot of these two there's like uh the reality like this could be kind of anyone that they got off you know got from the street like anyone could mm-hmm. like let's let's put in survival like, let's put all these different people from different backgrounds in this and see how they do whereas you know a sport it's like these are all people who have been training for this exact activity for their whole life though i do still think the olympics would benefit from having uh one person picked at random from a country to participate in each event just to see how talented some of those athletes are Or, like, give them a week to train how to do, like, the pole vaulting or something, you know? Like, I watched the archery, and they, yeah, they all make it. And I'm like, ah, it doesn't look that hard. And then they have one guy, and it's like, and this is Max Handler selected randomly from the U.S. And I'm like, you know, yes, I'm they like, need wow, to do that. that actually is really hard. Like, well, I, they need to do the, nice. the sprinting. They need to, like, in the sprinting, put, like, average I don't speed. know, an, an, an NFL cornerback or something. Yeah. And yeah. see what happens. Or just some I, person I, off the street. I believe Kelsey McKinney at Defector proposed this very thing. It's like watching olympic coverage it's like i get it these are elite athletes what would a normal person look like doing this thing alongside <laughs> them that's what i mean like the people who are like i swim eight laps a day i could do that it's like you will come in you will come in such last the most last um but yeah i i don't know I, I, the the thing that maybe hasn't been talked about enough you guys have mentioned game show network a bunch but these shows are really on like NBC or I actually, I think these are on ABC and CBS. I don't know if NBC has any of these, but like these are on like broadcast television, like the big, they're not even on Fox. Well, it's seven o'clock ABC, seven o'clock. They have a whole hour for these two game shows that have been around forever. This is prime time television. It is what drives the advertising dollars. Now, you can say like, oh, about the NFL and everything. But like the 
these are the shows and they've done it for for 40 years and that is so just amazing like in the time maybe even longer than 40 years probably longer than that but like people have changed people have died people have been born generation after generation has said yeah i'm sitting down in my evening to watch the show and that is i mean as far as institutions with staying power in america like i've this it's that and monday night raw it's it's this and monday night raw the constitution I don't know. One of the one of the branches of government thinks that you know we can blow that up. Constitution's foundering every day. <laughs> Constitution is foundering every day. All you need to do is be a billionaire with a yacht, and you can buy a good portion of it. Not even that expensive. But uh, this feels like a good time to watch National Treasure again. <laughs> oh yeah, you can. You can it, it also reminds me of like. Uh, of Big Lebowski, it's like I can get you a toe. <laughs> I, can, I can get you a toe. Not that hard. I can get you a but, Supreme Court justice, baby. Yeah, I can get you. All you have to do is is buy their mother's home, and you don't have to pay that much for it. Um, but yeah, you know what? You can't buy Family Feud, Jeopardy, Prices Right, or Wheel of Fortune. They are priceless. And uh, you know, I'm reading a Civil War book right now. There's anything to rally around about the greatness of America. It is it is those shows, I think. I don't know if, how good I feel about that as a comment on the greatness <laughs> yeah, of America, which I think means it's probably time for us to wrap up and move on to Pierce's sorry. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, we've talked about kind of the universality, um, uh, uh, I guess, ubiquity of of these programs mm-hmm. um one thing that is is also very common is that you may be in a situation where there is a spider in your home my general view on insects and arachnids and other bugs is that if you know we each have our place and if they're in my home i would like them not to be there now you may be in a situation where an arachnid is on your ceiling and they they can move around but usually they're just you know, moving. And I, so I decided what I thought was wisely to do away with said arachnid. So I proceeded to take a towel um, so, so I could reach the ceiling and hit it on the ceiling. Well, let me tell you, that is not, uh, not a great way to do it with an arachnid. One, you've swung a towel. If it hits the arachnid, you don't know, actually know where it's going. Two, your aim may not be good and it could scamper off. Three, your aim could be good, but you didn't do that much. So now arachnid either drops onto you or onto the floor to then, you know, frighten or or bother or hinder other members of your household. So what I'm saying to you is that if there is an arachnid on your ceiling, I do not recommend that you use a towel of which you really don't have that much control to do away with it. There are smarter ways to do this. I did not avail myself of those. So... Be wise with your interactions with bugs. Yeah, this is this is what you keep flip flops for. And another once staple of TV, I like to think of Pierce being on America's Funniest Home Videos, trying to <laughs> swat at this spider <laughs> falling on his face. It's easier to clean a sandal print off the ceiling than it is to find a new house when you have to move out because the spiders have taken over. <laughs> they've taken over. 
We gotta. Well, you can't. <laughs> we can't move into the sea because the orcas are coming for us. Oh God, what? Yeah. Well, yeah, they're like attacking all the yachts, which I think is warranted. Speaking. Oh, that's of, just because it's yachts. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like orcas are famously of the proletariat. We we have yeah we have our space and so like I have those relations with bugs which they have with uh, pasty billionaires. They're like get out of our water, <laughs> go back to your homes. <laughs> All right. Um, now that we've entertained the thought of uh, orca class warfare, uh, let's do a big <laughs> Eat idea the for rich pop indeed. culture. Um, and I, so I'm gonna sort of I'm gonna slalom my way through a couple things here very quickly. Uh, one is that. Uh, I told Pierce and Kevin this, but I finally got around to finishing up that uh, Reign of Error uh, podcast miniseries about how hideously bad an owner James Dolan is. Uh, And it was very good. The last episode was a little bit uh, hectoring. It's, It's the one where they try to figure out if there are actually ways to get Dolan to sell the team. Um, But it's hosted by former NPR anchor David Green because apparently so many other people passed on it out of fear of the vindictiveness of James Dolan to bar them and their families from attending events, not only at Madison Square Garden, but at affiliated properties like Radio City Music Hall. Um, but uh, so I... I I listened to that over the weekend and enjoyed it. Um, but really what I, what I came here to talk about is um, uh, Bamani Jones's show game theory got canceled, which was a shame, uh, but it did lead him to get on the tweet machine for a little bit in the last couple days. Um, and one of the things that he, said while he was there that I thought was interesting. Um, he he bestowed the label of potentially the most underrated rapper of his era onto Juvenile. Now, why is that important and timely? Uh, juvenile did a Tiny Desk concert. It was incredible. It's the, wow. It is by far the best one I've ever seen. Um, he has Manny Fresh with him. He has a full band behind him. There are horns. There are string players from the Louisiana Philharmonic. Uh, there is an appearance from Trombone Shorty and John Baptiste. Um, and obviously, uh, they close the set with Back That Ass Up which Manny Fresh calls, and he's not wrong about this, uh, the greatest love song ever written. Um, And it is so well-received and so uh, sort of energetically danced to by the NPR crowd that they do an encore and play it again. And Juvie says, 
you're gonna have to get even rowdier this time and it works having having been to you know privilege asterisk here but having been to a few tiny desk concerts the 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 speaking of pasty people the pasty people at npr getting rowdy is like usually just oh i had a second white claw today um so interesting i tell you what interesting to say the least that crowd looked a little less pasty than usual Uh, yeah maybe that's probably because of the layoffs (laughs) there's just there's just more sun coming into the building now oh yeah uh but yeah i will definitely uh put a link to that and and it has led to a a resurgence of uh listening to new orleans rap for me this week uh so strong strong recommend for juvenile uh just in general but also definitely juvenile at the tiny desk uh all right Max, it is trivia time. What do you have for us? Since apparently we spoiled one of the questions already. You did. So as you know, as you mentioned, Pat Sajak is retiring after 40-something, 1976 to now. I don't know. Wow. Long time. Uh, And I was going to ask what celebrity is taking his place, but you spoiled that for us. Sorry. Uh, I could ask what the original title for Jeopardy was, but I think that would be too easy. So, uh, it was called What's the Question, by the way, when it premiered in oh. 1964. Um, but instead, I'm going to ask about something else. So, I, I was curious. Uh, you mentioned all these shows being something, you know, Pierce ended on this whole proud to be an American. And obviously, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are American-made shows. Um, deal or No Deal was not. It was created originally as a Dutch show called, I'm not going to pronounce that. That's what it's called. Um, and, I, and I got curious seeing how many different countries have their own version of Deal or No Deal. It's more than 60. And so wow. I thought, oh, I'd love to ask the question of like, what game show has the most international versions? Couldn't find that. <laughs> At least couldn't I, I couldn't figure it out without scanning through different popular game shows Wikipedias. So I'm going to ask something more simple. But Deal or No Deal is extremely popular. I believe that for a while it was one or one or two. Uh, it was either number one or number two most popular uh, game show in the world after Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, uh, I'm sure you've all seen it. This is a pretty straightforward question, of course. Deal or No Deal involves picking suitcases and trying to uh, either take a deal or pick a different one to make the most money. In the in I'll, I'll specify in the American version though I in all sixty of these versions it appears to be the same. How many suitcases are there in the game of Deal or No Deal? Shit! I knew this is what you were going to ask when you said Deal or No Deal. Mm. Oh God! Uh, hosted by oh, no, I'm blanking on Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Uh huh. Howie Mandel. I guess I uh, do. I have a guess. I don't know. Let me make sure that the American one is same yep does that does that include the the briefcase that like you start with as the well yes because uh, you choose one yeah, of the suitcases they start one of the, with the briefcases oh, okay, okay. <sighs> and they range from a penny to a million dollars I, I have a I have a guess. I think I have a guess too. Okay. 
All right, my guess is 20. My guess is 15. My guess is 32. Price is right rules? Uh, yeah, Price is right rules. I'm going to give it to Kevin. The correct answer is 26. Oh. 26 suitcases. Each contains a cash value from a penny to a million dollars. And Such a random number. So many versions of the show. Um, and this is kind of fun. You can see uh, the, the highest prize paid out by each version. Um, so the Afghanistan version, you can win a million Afghanistan dollars, which is the equivalent of apparently... Not very much right now. Uh, yeah, 18... Eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars in 2012 but yeah these yeah. international versions are, are wild so syndication is, is crazy um american imperialism indeed genius kevin would you have known the original uh title of jeopardy i would not have no okay do you know who, who do you know who that. came up with the idea <clears throat> of the show it was created by merv griffin or whatever do you know who came up with the idea? It's no, Griffin's wife not. on an airplane. Anyway, fun little tidbit. She should get all the credit. Okay. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> all right, I'll give it to Kevin. Price is right rules. Big comeback. Pieces. All right, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. Uh, com, or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back to talk about something else next week. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Bye.